Well, thanks again for having me here this morning, and uh, I suppose I should bring greetings from Broome Anglican Church and Broome People's Church, and uh, you, it's all right, you can keep visiting, that's fine. Uh, we appreciate our partnership in the gospel that we have for you, and those times that you pray for us, we, we appreciate that as well. Uh, let me pray as we uh, come to look at God's word this morning. Heavenly Father, as David says at the end of Psalm 19, we pray that the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts may be pleasing in your sight. O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Uh, if you've ever been to Broome, if you've ever travelled up in the northwest, then you should know that one of the best things uh, about living in the northwest is the sky. Uh, it's just amazing. So for about nine months of the year it doesn't rain at all uh, there's not a single cloud in the sky and so we wake up every day not to make you feel jealous we wake up every day to blue skies and because it's so flat if you go out in the scrub that blue sky just seems to go on for miles and miles right up to the horizon admittedly the sun is pretty intense most of the time it does feel like it's trying to kill you but it is pretty spectacular at the end of the day when that sun sinks into the Indian Ocean uh, with a few camels just to make the scene a bit more picturesque. And people travel from all over the world, don't they, to come and see a sunset at Cable Beach in Broome. And then there's the wet season skies. From about October or November, the humidity starts to rise in Broome, and that's when all you visitors don't come anymore for some reason, I don't know why, and the clouds start building up and we get to see these huge white towers stretching up into the blue sky. And then at night, the power is unleashed and there's lightning shooting in every direction and thunder rumbling. The sky really is magnificent in the Kimberley region where I get to live. But actually, anywhere you go in the world, there's a sky to look at that is unique and changing and very often spectacular. You just have to look up, don't you? I'm sure you guys get to see some pretty amazing skies here in Perth. What do you think when you see a spectacular sunset or a clear night sky filled with stars? Psalm 19 that we're looking at this morning, it tells us what David thought when he looked up thousands of years ago Imagine how bright the stars must have been before electric lights were invented. Well, it was enough to inspire this song that we're looking at this morning. Uh, be helpful if you have that psalm open in your little pamphlet there. Uh, it'll be also on the screen as well. But let me read from Psalm 19 verse 1 again. The heavens declare the glory of God. The skies proclaim the work of his hands. Day after day they pour forth speech. Night after night they reveal knowledge. They have no speech, they use no words, no sound is heard from them, yet their voice goes out into all the earth, their words to the ends of the world. David is impressed by what he sees in the skies above him. But he doesn't just see the spectacular sky, he also hears it speaking a message. It's speaking about God, he says. In particular, it's proclaiming to us that God is the glorious creator behind the amazing heavens that are full of billions of stars and planets. 
Behind the mighty cracks of thunder is a brilliant and powerful God who made it all with his hands. And day after day, night after night, the skies are pointing that out. They're making that clear. But notice that the skies aren't just talking to David. The heavens are constantly speaking, declaring, proclaiming, shouting to people all over the planet. So David says in verse 4, their voice goes out into all the earth. Their words to the ends of the world. See, wherever they are in the world, most people can look up and see the sky. And the same message is there. It's available to them too. Because this, Dave, this God that David is talking about, he's not just some local or territorial spirit. He's not just the God of the Israelites. He's not just the God of Western Christians. No, he is the supreme ruler over every tribe and nation and language that lives under the sky that he made. The sky, and in fact, all of the natural world, speaks to everyone about God. But hang on a minute. If the sky speaks so clearly of the glory of God, then why doesn't everyone up in Broome, why doesn't everyone in Perth, why doesn't everyone in the whole world recognise him? Why are there so many people who marvel at the beauty of creation, but they don't acknowledge or worship God? Well, you might have guessed the answer already. In short, the answer is sin, isn't it? If we were to read Romans 1, we would see that Paul explains that, that people's minds and hearts are so twisted, so darkened by sin, that we actually suppress, we, we push away the obvious truth that creation tells us about God. So instead of hearing the message that the heavens are declaring to us, we distort it, we, we pervert it into something else. And so instead of worshipping the creator behind the beautiful creation, humans end up worshipping created things. It's like we read the evidence, but we come up with the wrong conclusion. This is actually something that is obvious to us as we work with Aboriginal people in the Kimberley. Aboriginal people up north have such a deep understanding of the natural world. They've lived under those stars for thousands of years. And they know the weather and the seasons like the back of their hand. And they appreciate it too. They respect the power of nature. As well as that, they're very spiritually aware people. They recognise that there is a spiritual reality behind the physical world. But when they put it all together, it doesn't necessarily lead them to worship the one true God. It doesn't direct them to faith in Jesus. Instead, they have stories about different spirits who created different parts of the landscape. And when they see a powerful storm, they don't praise the power of God. Instead, they fear the power of human sorcerers who can manipulate the weather. But it's not just an Aboriginal problem, is it? On the 22nd of July this year, we got to see the very first pictures taken by 
the brand new James Webb Space Telescope. That's a bit of a mouthful, James Webb T Space Telescope. I like that telescope for another reason. My middle name is James, uh, so it's pretty much named after me. Um, but anyway, this telescope was created by hundreds of scientists and engineers from Canada and Europe and the US, and it's estimated to cost nearly $10 billion. US dollars, that is. It just goes to show, doesn't it, the lengths that Western scientists go to to study the intricacies of the heavens. And over the last few weeks, people all around the world have been marvelling at about how special these images are. But then they come to the conclusion that there is no God. That's the effect of sin. It blocks our ears to the message that the heavens are declaring. Or maybe it points us in the, wrong, in the right direction, but then we misinterpret it and we twist it into idolatry or to superstition or we just completely deny God altogether. So if that's the problem that all humans have, if we're all affected by sin, then how is David, who wrote this psalm, how is he any different? How can David look at creation and see the glory of a creator? Well, the answer is in the second half of David's song. See, David has something else that gives him the edge. If you have a look at verse 7 there, he says, The law of the Lord is perfect, refreshing the soul. The statutes of the Lord are trustworthy, making wise the simple. The precepts of the Lord are right, giving joy to the heart. The commands of the Lord are radiant, giving light to the eyes. Can you see what he's got there? David has the privilege of having God's message in written form. Now, probably for him, that was only the first five books of the Old Testament. But even with just that small amount, David had a written record of understandable words from God that God had spoken to his ancestors. And he's, he's got a record of things that God has done that shows what he's like. This is how David knew that the beautiful skies pointed to a glorious creator. His eyes and ears were opened by God's words written down in scripture. It's amazing to think, isn't it, that God didn't just create the world. He also chose to speak to the people that he created using their language. And so David has the laws, he has the statutes, he has the precepts, he has the commands of the Lord, of Yahweh. And that's what lets him know God properly. The wonderful beauty of the heavens do speak about God, but God's written word gives us so much more. So what is that much more that it gives us? What are the benefits of having God's written word? Well, I said earlier that sin blinds us from seeing God's glory in creation. But God's written word uncovers our sin. It shows us that we have a problem. That's why in verse 11, David says, By them, that is by God's commandments, your servant is warned. In keeping them, there is great reward. But who can discern their own errors? Forgive my hidden faults. You see, we humans are pretty bad at discerning our own errors. We can so easily sail on through life assuming that things are good 
between us and our creator when actually things are not good. God is displeased with us and we're in danger of death and judgment because of our sin. But when we read God's law, we learn what he's like. We see his standards and that gives us a proper understanding of what we're like. It uncovers our hidden faults. Now that sounds like a bad thing, doesn't it? <laughs> Nobody really likes to see their bad side. But I suppose it's like if you were suffering from a mystery sickness. You want the doctor to uncover what's wrong with you so that they can start to treat the problem. And it's the same with sin. You can't get help unless you know there's a problem. And God's word shows us that we have a problem. But once we know that we have a serious problem, God's written word shows us the way to get help. So God's law told David how to offer right sacrifices for his sins. And that's what gives him the boldness in verses 12 to 13 to ask God to forgive his sins. From reading the scriptures, God, uh, David knew that God was his rock and his redeemer. And because God had revealed himself as a gracious and a forgiving God through the scriptures, David was confident that God would have mercy on him and would help him. And then once his sin is dealt with, God's word shows David the best way to go on living his life. Verse 7, it makes him wise so that he can make good decisions in life. Verse 8, God's commandments are like a bright light. They help him see what God is like. And they help him see the, ways, the way to please God. What an amazing privilege. And David knows that it's a privilege. When he thinks about the access that he has to God's thoughts and God's message in the scriptures, what does he say? Verse 10, he says, God's words are more precious than gold. They're sweeter than honey. They're more valuable. They're more desirable than any material possession or experience that this world has to offer us. I wonder, is that how you feel about your Bible? Psalm 19 is reminding us how privileged we are to have God's word. In fact, I think it's fair to say that we are more privileged than King David himself because we have so much more of God's special revelation in the Bible. We can understand so much more of what God is like and what he's doing in the world. The Apostle Paul actually describes the privilege we have as people living after the coming of Jesus. So in 2 Timothy chapter 3.15, he says this. He says, You have known the Holy Scriptures which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. All scripture is God-breathed and it's useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting and training in righteousness so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. Kind of sounds like Paul might have had Psalm 19 next to him when he was writing these words, eh? See, just like David... Paul doesn't want us to underestimate how good it is to have access to God's word written down. It's only those words and the work of the Holy Spirit through them that leads us to know Jesus who died for us and rose again to give us eternal life. And only those words can help us live the right way in this confusing world. Now, this is really the main reason why uh, my family are serving in Broome 
because even though Aboriginal people are very spiritual people and they're in tune with nature, they need to hear God's word to truly know their creator and be saved from sin. And that's what everyone needs all over the world. Psalm 19 has reminded us that there is only one creator, God, over everyone. So no matter what culture you're from, no matter where in the world you live, no matter what, grew, what religion you grew up in, when it boils down to it, the only way that anyone can know their creator and have true and lasting hope is through trusting in Jesus. And until someone shares that news with them, they're missing out on something that is more precious than gold, something that's more satisfying than honey. You've got the gold. You've got the honey. You've got it in audio and video and in dozens of different versions. And I know that at this church you know how important it is to share that message with your friends and neighbours and family in this city. But also there are millions of people who don't have access even to a little bit of God's treasure. And so it's so encouraging that this week you are stopping to think seriously about how you can be involved in God's global mission. Because there's plenty of ways that you can be involved. And I'm sure you've been hearing about them. Maybe the simplest way is to pray for other people groups. To support missionaries who are already out there, receive their newsletters and be praying for their requests. You can use your money, can't you? You can use your money to allow others to go and live in, in far-flung places and be witnesses for Jesus in those places. But don't stop there. Why not seriously think about going yourself? If you feel, do feel, feel like that's something that you would like to explore, start a conversation. Maybe with your Bible study leader, maybe with your minister, about what steps that you can take in that direction. Because it certainly wouldn't be a waste of your years or a waste of your energy or a waste of your gifts to introduce people who are somewhere else to their glorious creator so that they too can look up at the skies and say, wow, what a wonderful God. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the beautiful sky above us that is right now speaking of your glory and your majesty. But we know that there are so many in this world who don't know you. They can't hear that message because they don't have access to the gospel. They don't have access to Jesus who you have revealed through your written word. We pray that you would direct us to do the things that we can do to help more people be able to know you and your glory and have lasting hope through Jesus, in whose name we pray. Amen.